Welcome to the Humans Inside the Pods with Morgan O'Learon, a podcast exploring the power of community, one conversation at a time. Hi, and welcome. Today I am with Leah Hermans, a co-leaver and the co-founder of Poha House. Leah has been driven by new experiences her whole life. From being a skydiver to living abroad, most recently in Hong Kong, experiential living has been her pursuit. During her time abroad, she was very excited for all that the co-living communities had to offer, but she found the reality of this product had untapped potential. This has been the driving force in her pursuit of the one thing that she has always wanted, engaging, experience-driven living. Hi, Leah. How are you? Hey, Morgan. Nice to meet you. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad we're doing this. Um, I've been looking forward to this uh, recording, to be honest. I I first heard you, I mean, I, I've been following uh, Powerhouse for a little while on social media, but I first heard you on another podcast and uh, I got really excited and thought, oh, I wish I had uh, someone from Powerhouse on the podcast. So I'm really excited to have you. Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks so much for that. Um, I'm equally excited and when I heard about your idea of doing a podcast from like the resident perspective of co-living, I thought that was really cool. Awesome. Let's just dive right in, I think. Uh, so you're right now you're in Berlin, uh, but I would love to know, uh, yeah, first things first, how did you hear about co-living in the first place? Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of a long journey. So I'm from Aachen, um, which is a, a city in the West of Germany. Um, and I I eventually went to boarding school um, in Canada, which is really cool. Um, and you know, boarding school is a little bit like co-living, um, not really, uh, but um, but you learn to kind of live together and, and you have that community feeling. Um, and for a few years, I didn't know what co-living was after school when I went to university, had my first jobs, et cetera. But I always lived in kind of service apartments, furnished apartments, student housing, anything that was super convenient. Um, I'm actually right now living in my first kind of so-called traditional flat. And even this one is still partially furnished. <laughs> so I have never to this date like furnished a place by myself. Um, so I think I was always kind of into like flexible living or convenient living, but there was no co-part to it. Um, so how did I find out found out about co-living? Um, at some point when I was living in Berlin and I was uh, in my first job after university, um, my brother, who's actually my co-founder today at Poa House, um, had first told me about um, co-living. And that was a time when I think um, the first operator had just opened their first building in Germany, um, as far as I know. Uh, so it was still really fresh. And he just told me about the idea and he was like, well, you know, it's, you have your own apartment, it's all furnished. And then you get together with people in the community space. And it's like, and it just, you know, I was amazed to be honest. I was like, wow, I didn't know. I didn't know this was possible. This sounds like a dream. Like, where can I have this? Um, <laughs> And then at a time I was kind of going through um, a breakup and I was like, well, you know, this could be my new home. This is like a really good opportunity. I'm going to have to move out anyway. Um, and I won't want to be alone. So why don't I just try that out? And that's how it started. 
Awesome. I'm, I love the, the positivity around it. I had a similar experience and my first thought was, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> like, I don't think I want to live with that many people. You, you had no, you had no like maybe fear around the concept. I mean, I think, I think there's so many different, um, there are so many different types of co-living and maybe later on, because I was curious as well, you can tell me about where the title of this podcast came from. Cause I know that, um, I know that cause I was living, I was listening to your other episode about Haven and I don't know that's for a fact, but they were people living in pods. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's of course very, I I've done this as well. I was actually in, um, in Venice beach once. And I, I also lived in a pod like that, but it was just, it was honestly just for, I think two or three nights. Yeah. So I think people doing that long-term. Wow. Okay. I have respect for that. <laughs> I mean, I think it's still super cool, but that is obviously super immersive in the community. So the co-living that I know is very much like you have your own flat or you have your own room and then you have kind of community spaces in the building. Um, but you still have that kind of that privacy of the space that you can kind of retreat yeah. back to. No, definitely. I mean, I experienced a little bit of both, I think, because I've mm -hmm. had my own room I mean, actually, no, I've, I've always shared with someone, but it was still a private room in a way. And then I did live in like bunk beds with five other people. Wow. I was, I was in, that was okay. But yeah, a bit more intense, I guess. But yeah, actually, I decided to call the podcast The Humans uh, Inside the Pods because my first thought was that I wanted to kind of debunk the idea, the preconceived ideas around co-living and the fact that we're actually not all on top of each other all the time so it was kind of like trying to uh, use the term pods and also I thought about podcast I mean it's a bit like far-fetched but <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, but uh, but yeah and to circle back to what I was thinking is that I love that you were excited about it and you thought that it could be your new home I think that's 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 super cool how long did you did you end up staying there so I lived in that first space. Um, I, I don't really know. I think I lived there for a year and a half. Mm. Um, and then I moved out because I then moved to Hong Kong, where I actually moved into another co-living operator. Um, so at that point, that was already kind of like the, the home of choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So when I knew I was going to move to Hong Kong because I did my master's there, um, I, I didn't even look for anything else. I basically mm. just typed in like co-living Hong Kong. And then I got, I remember getting like three choices at the time. Today it's, um, there's, there's more operators, but at the time there were three. And then two looked like, you know, they were maybe not quite there yet in terms of what I wanted for, for comfort um, and design. And then one was like, yep, that's the one that's how I want to live that is what co-living is for me and it's funny because the location wasn't even great like it's, like people ask me now like it was like why did you live in that area um and I was like well it was co-living and I wanted to be in co-living and this is the place so I went there <laughs> uh I mean a super cool area to be fair it, it was just super local so it's not an area where most expats in Hong Kong would usually live um but I was like no that's that's where it's gonna be so Awesome. Um, I yeah. totally get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Community before location, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> but uh, I, li I like what you say about this is co-living for me. I would love to 
to hear a bit more about that because I know that I mean I've spent a bit of time on Poha's uh, website now but uh, you say that um, like comfort freedom and community are kind of like your main values or focus points yeah how 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 quick did you realize like what is co-living for you compared to another type of co-living for example yeah I think for me just from my personal experience I kind of fell in love with that like big scheme long-term type of co-living because that's just what I needed the most at that time in my life and where Mm. where I saw the most benefit um for myself so all the co-living schemes I've lived in were kind of you know big houses of like 50 to 200 people everyone had their own um room in a flat or even their own studio um and then you had kind of a big community space where everybody hung out and it was kind of the, the space where when you came home from work you would you know you would go there so hi to everyone and it was kind of like a family mm. in a house so I I just really um um love that when like when I when I met my boyfriend at some point in Hong Kong he always called it like a like a festival or something like <laughs> he because uh, was always like there's always something going on and it, and it was like it was like there was always like an event to be had there so it, yeah he always made a joke of that but he thought it was quite cool um, yeah. So that's that's the kind of co-living that I always liked. This I, I have spent also time in like kind of short-term or like destination type co-living spaces uh, when I was on holiday and um, or like in between flats. And I've also really enjoyed those, um, but I haven't had as much experience or they haven't impacted my life as much. So that's, yeah. So it's really kind of the long-term one big building co-living yeah. that I really enjoyed. And that's why, so why we built Poa House in that direction. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I, I, I've had the same experience. Like, I also same for you. Like, yeah, yeah. For me, it's... Uh, I mean, I completely understand the like short-term co-livings, that why they yeah. exist and why they're needed and how great they are for people who are in need of uh, community when they're traveling or staying short-term. But for me, it's like, yeah, the impact it's had on my life. And I stayed in my co- co-living for three years. Uh, oh, amazing. it's just been, was it was in Stockholm in a clothing called K9 uh, tech That's farm very cool. and uh, yeah it's been very intense uh, quite challenging at times but like absolutely amazing experience and that's definitely what I'm looking for in my next um, home <laughs> uh, and so uh, I haven't found back. that yet yeah I'm ready to move into a new co-living I haven't really found one that would I think I've been really spoiled uh, at K9 and I'm, I'm really looking for something similar. So, but uh, maybe no, I feel that. <laughs> there is to, is to create your own. And I think we can dive into how did it happen that you created, I mean, you co-created Power House. Were you, were you working in the industry at, in any way or was it just something that happened? Yeah, I was not actually. So I was always working in the startup industry or in the tech industry. So I was definitely already into like building new products and anything innovative um so in a very far sense I was in the industry but I was not in in real estate or co-living whatsoever Mm. um my siblings were though uh (laughs) my siblings were all in the real estate industry uh I ended up founding the company with all of my siblings as well as my today brother-in-law uh Yanni who's also the CEO of the company and who's the one 
with whom I'm kind of running the company like full time today. Um, and he gained a lot of experience running kind of smaller scheme co-living uh, spaces in London. Um, and yeah, my siblings were from the industry. We're kind of watching the trend, watching it grow. And we talked about it for a really long time, but we never kind of took it to action. And um, at that time I was obviously living, you know, living in Germany in co-living and I, I loved it, but I also just saw so much potential to kind of take it to the next level. Mm. And, and then that's why we, yeah, we ended up getting together and we're like, why, why should we all do this separately? We're all looking at this. Yeah, let's do this together. And I don't think we were necessarily the type of siblings that would have done this kind of thing together beforehand. Um, but it's, it's so cool how it ended up and how kind of it's, it's working now and how it really brought us together. So uh. that's amazing. I'm, I mean, I knew it was your brother-in-law involved. I didn't realize it was a completely like a family business in a way, but it's great because there is a family aspect to co-living regardless, like, That's, that's really cool. How many are you? That's true. So I have three siblings. I'm the youngest out of four. Um, and then my sister's husband. So my sister's the oldest and her husband is Yanni, who's the CEO. Um, so we're five in total. Um, right. And then now we have a team of uh, 15 people already. Oh, wow. That's okay. Cool. Growing fast. And so when did you actually start? Uh, I mean, from like talking about it to really saying we're doing this, uh, Poa House is going to exist. And yeah, it's funny because we talked about it recently at like a, I think like a um, family holiday. We were like, how did this actually come together? And when did it start? Because to be 100% honest, it's gotten so blurry <laughs> that I feel like nobody, nobody really knows anymore. And it's I know my brother was really looking at co-living, you know, Yanni was kind of running co-living and Yanni uh, in, uh, in London together with Anke and my sister. And then, you know, I was living there inspired by my brother. And it's, I remember my brother one day and I like, I don't know how it must've been like three or four years ago. We're sitting, um, we're sitting together and like drafting the first ideas and kind of like drafting the product in our head. But I know that Anke and Yanni were working on a co-living brand already like 10 years ago. So it's, right. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah, really, really um, blurry, but um, really cool that now, like in in 2019, that actually all came together, and now it's like yeah. in full force motion. Definitely. Cool and so, see. you're you're. Do you have any location open yet, or are you opening soon? Yes, we don't yet. We had a pilot in Aachen with 10 locations. Um, And we will reopen that location in Aachen, which is the city we're from, um, mm. next year in March. Um, and then we have three other locations that are in development right now. All right. Okay. So yeah, that's a lot of uh, things uh, in the pipeline. <laughs> Exciting. And so can you tell us a little bit about, about Power House and maybe the type of people you're targeting? I can see that you have lots of different options. So you have the studios, you have bigger apartments, you even make a differentiation, if I understood correctly, between like stay and live. So there's the option of shorter stay, like it's very yeah. wide offer, which is super exciting because I think we need more option for different type of people. 
Um, but it also brings a lot of questions around how do you build community around that? So, okay, that's a very wide question, but <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, I think I think the questions you say are actually really good. Um, I mean, firstly, when when we built Poa House and, and I'm kind of also deeply involved in, you know, designing the product of it and just figuring out how it all works. Um, I really cared about building the brand and building the product from the resident perspective and like taking my experience and the experience of my friends and the things we love, the things we didn't like, the things we, you know, we wished we had and just building that all into the product. I think, I think that's so important, mm. um, especially, uh, especially in this industry, uh, you know, to bring in that kind of young perspective. So there's a few things we wanted to do. Um, firstly, we built a product called um, CoSpaces. So mm. it's exactly what you said. So we're, so we're kind of combining long-term living, co-working and short stay as well. Um, you mentioned a good point. It's like, how do you combine all of those and still retain a community? And this is something I, you know, I think about every single day. Because um, <laughs> um, obviously it's, it's, I think it's so important to bring more purposes into building because I, I truly believe, and I've said this a million times, but I truly believe that long-term it's going to be more, it's, it's more than just about living. It's going to be about just doing all these things together um, you know, but in a way that creates a community. So we wanted to, we wanted to just bring all those functions under one roof. We wanted to create a place where people could also work, where they could live long-term and where they could host friends and family if they're coming over to visit, where they could have events, where they could work out, um, just bring all of that together. Um, but of course, how we try to preserve that community is by really figuring out the proportions of each um, and just controlling them um, really well. So living always remains kind of the most important part and remains the biggest part of the building mm. and if we do short say it's kind of always separated and it's a really small proportion and it's very much um favored to people living in the house or living in the neighborhood for them to use it as a guest room um, or for anyone to kind of try a poa house if they're not like ready to commit to it maybe or just want to like test it out um mm. So trying to kind of preserve the, the community that way. Because at the end of the day, it's it's a home and it needs to feel like a home. And I think it's so important to, you know, it's if if people don't think that they that they, you know, that they belong, that it's theirs yeah. and it doesn't feel foreign, then they're not gonna wanna stay there longer. And then so that's the one thing. And then the other thing is you mentioned a lot of different room types that we do, that we do studios and we do shared flats. Um so that's, that's one thing I brought in that was also just super important for me and something I kind of also um, heard out when I was listening to the other episode of, was it Josh maybe from, from Haven, where he said, um, at some point, you're going to want to maybe cook by yourself in a kitchen by yourself, I think he said. Um, and I totally agree with that. And, and you know, that's that's totally fair. And then my question was like, okay, but what if you want to, cook in the kitchen by yourself but then you still want to after you cook you know go out and see friends like what yeah. do you do then how can you solve that um so that's why we just were like it's not enough to have one room type we need to have several room types give people options give people you know options to upgrade over time when they change their preferences when they change their budgets and yeah Definitely. that was the idea around that i love that i mean that's one of the reasons why i 
I think people are moving out from the house I lived in. I mean, people love it there, but we're very restricted when it comes to types of rooms. So mm. yeah, we have a bunk room <laughs> if you're really, really poor. <laughs> well, not even that poor. It's actually quite expensive. But And then you can upgrade to a shared room and then you can upgrade to your own room, basically. And then we have a slightly bigger room by yourself. But you don't have the option if you... Okay, I guess if you meet a partner, you can go into a double room, but then you can't really... What if you want to have a kid but you still want to stay there, right? You can't really do that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love the idea that it's not just for a certain type of people. And if I, I mean, I'm a millennial, but eventually, I mean, in a few years, I'll be 40. And so, okay, in five years, but still, I, <laughs> I think not about those things. <laughs> I still think about those things, you know, and I, I still want to live like that. But that doesn't mean I want to live like a student. And so I like the idea that it's possible. And that, like you say, I can cook in my kitchen, but I can still maybe eat with someone else. And, um, yeah, I can, I can totally relate to that. Um, that, you know, I've, I've said this before as well, but I think people, the people that want co-living today aren't going to outgrow it. They're not going to want something else afterwards. So I, uh, yeah, I truly believe that it's, it's going to be more, increasingly more about connecting people in different ways and that doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice privacy you know yeah. you can still have your own space <laughs> and live as a community and that's really the coolest thing if you, yeah. can, if you can solve both problems in one um, yeah. but I'm curious so we have so we have four different room types at the moment um oh I say at the moment <laughs> that's what we do um but who knows maybe we'll add later uh yeah. we'll add more later on um, but I'm curious which one you would prefer today or maybe which one you would have preferred back when you moved into co-living the first time. So we have a, we have a flat share room, which essentially means that you're in a, in a shared flat with like two to five other people or two to four other people. And then you share your bathroom only with one other person. Mm -hmm. Then we have kind of the next upgrade, which is you're still in the same flat, but you have your own private bathroom. Uh, but you share a living room and kitchen with those um, like one or uh, two, three, four other people. Or third option is you have a studio by yourself or with, with a partner, for example, or you have a slightly bigger studio. Um, what would you, what do you think you would have chosen? Back um, then? Can I ask, are those like, then also connected in a certain like is there also a space for several flats to meet somewhere yeah yeah okay. exactly so the if you're in the shared flat then you have your kind of small community where it's just the kind of you and your flat pals yeah. um but then if you're no matter where you are if you're in that flat or if you're in the studio everybody has access to kind of the big community spaces right you can see everyone in the house your meditation room your dining room your roof terrace the whole thing yeah um i mean i think at the moment because i i was my partner now uh probably we would get a studio as long as i'm sure That's that i nice. can access <laughs> because i really really need them if i were by myself i would definitely take the flat with several people definitely yeah I would, I would probably share my bathroom as well I'm, I'm a bit like I um 
I, when I first moved into the house, I couldn't afford a single room. And so I shared my room with another person. And I was really worried about that. And it was actually absolutely amazing. I loved it. Uh, I guess I was very lucky to both time. I did it twice and I was with great people. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, really loved uh, the feeling of always having someone I could talk to if I needed to. <laughs> and um, what I really thought about a lot is that the house we lived in had four floors and everyone could access the ground floor with the communal spaces. Um, but each floor somehow built their own little family in a way. And so mm, that's cute. we were kind of, I think we were around like 15 on my floor, maybe 13. And I realized that that number was a really nice number for me. It felt yeah. not too big, not too little. And so I'm actively looking for this kind of like settings. Um, That's nice. But was there a way for you, like 15 people on one floor, where you could connect with each other? Like on we, that floor? We, yeah, we had a kitchen. So we each floor had a kitchen. Okay. Uh, and a little space to hang out not very small uh, not very big especially our floor uh but then most of the hanging out in bigger groups were happening in the one main kitchen we had one really big kitchen for the whole house and then we had one living room with a big screen and like co-working space and then a yoga room as well um, oh cool yeah kind of the style I knew from Hong Kong where of course Hong Kong is kind of a different culture in the sense that most people don't cook in the first place so you don't need right. as many kitchens um, but there they also kind of built this floor by floor community because you had your own room with your own bathroom and a fridge but then you kind of had one pantry per floor it's oh, kind yeah. of a microwave and like a, um, a sink and you could kind of hang out there just like a little community space per floor so i thought that was quite nice yeah it was really lovely yeah yeah awesome because i saw on your website and on the blog that there's a very strong focus on like sustainability and well-being and all those things and especially right now with covid and people feeling <laughs> very isolated and lonely is that something that was always very important for you? Uh, did you notice that living together really improved your well-being as well? Yeah, it, it was always really important to us. I think in a lot of ways, co-living, I think as a product in general, is already more sustainable and does already boost your well-being in itself without doing anything special, mm. um, which is awesome. Um but we we wanted to kind of take that to the next level and just create a space that you know really feels really good um um and that and that way you'd want to stay there longer right um, it just feels like a home you feel um yeah you feel healthy you feel well you feel happy um and in terms of sustainability um it's obviously i mean I think it wouldn't make sense to start a new company at this point without looking at sustainability. So um, yeah. that's just kind of natural to us that that was important. So mm. we try to do that in kind of the furniture we bring in, the energy we use. And yeah. it's, you know, it's obviously a journey um, to be a startup that is an operator doing, you know, living and working and stay and as a new company. And then also yeah. doing that in a super sustainable way. It's definitely um 
a challenge, um, but there's no reason to not do everything you possibly can, I think. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. And I'm jumping from one topic to another, but how do you, <laughs> how do you recruit? Uh, or like if you are already recruiting, I don't know if you've started yet, but like if you're going to do it, uh, because you're going to have a lot of location eventually, mm. how to, I'm always thinking about the thing, like how to scale and keep like the, the, the soul of the space, right? And how to make sure that the community works well together while staying inclusive and not like it's such a difficult thing to do to to recruit the right people without feeling like you're excluding anyone either yeah (laughs) (laughs) impossible question (laughs) yeah that is i think that's like the million dollar question that i think every operator is asking themselves and i don't know if that's a question that has been already solved um i don't (laughs) um, don't think so do you have a process (laughs) Yeah, but I, I was I was just gonna say I th- I think there's so many questions I ask myself day to day where then I talk to professionals and consultants and whatever and they're like yeah nobody has done this yet like yeah. this problem hasn't been solved but mm-hmm. that's also cool right because I think it'd be more boring if everyone is like well obviously this is how it's done everyone's doing it this way <laughs> like well, yeah, we would just be a bit behind the game so it's cool to be kind of involved in also things that are just still fresh and that you know everyone's still looking at. Um, but to come back to your question, we're, you know, we're working at a scale where we have to be efficient in our processes. At the same time, we want to really create a unique community because it is so important. Um, so we're trying to create a journey that is like semi-automatic, but still has that kind of personal contact. Yeah. Um, and we are really trying to be inclusive. Um, yeah, we we also don't call our residents members. Um, there's, there's no problem with that. It's just we, we really care about creating this kind of community and environment that feels really inclusive where even people outside of the building feel they can be a part of it. Right. Um, so that's definitely something we're trying to instill. That's very interesting around the vocabulary, actually. I had a meeting yeah. the other day and we talked a lot about how the word co-living even has been so used and so mm. sometimes people are like oh, i don't even want to listen it's like okay <laughs> um there's like all these ideas around it that it's a bit mm. it's overused and so i think vo- sure. starting to think about the vocabulary use use it we use is very interesting i also my sister was in a co-living in france and they called oh, their cool. their well actually <laughs> they called their the people that stayed with them they called them clients and that really <laughs> did not resonate with me at all <laughs> yeah no that no that doesn't work <laughs> right I, I have to i have to agree with that that's not nah, no she moved out so yeah but anyway, uh... <laughs> i mean yeah i've definitely seen that as well i mean at the end of the day they are your customers or your clients but it really that lingo just doesn't really work for but me just, at all you know if you're gonna call them that maybe not to their face so i've seen emails and stuff and i'm like okay that's mm. maybe not uh, the way to do it but yeah but at the same time i think that you're and, and we're really much trying to do this that your internal language in your team reflects your external language because of course you can have kind of two separate lingos but first of all why bother yes um, and secondly um if you kind of instill like different lingo internally and externally you're kind of separating yourself right from the resident 
Um, Definitely. And not really bring that culture into the team. And if the team feels the culture, they're only also going to deliver it with the residents. So I think, I think, yeah. Yeah, you totally Get right. the same lingo. Yeah, I love that. No, fully agree. It's, it's, it's not, um, it's such a small thing, right? But it makes mm, it's su- small, yeah. such a distance between you and whoever you're working with, if you use the wrong word. Um, totally. Yeah. So you said you were living in your first, like, traditional <laughs> apartment. Yeah. Is, is it, um, is co-living something you're thinking to, to do in the future again? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really wanted, to be honest. Um, I'm now in a relationship, obviously. So, um, unfortunately, not all operators take couples. Right. Um, yeah. Also, something really important in Poa House that we do both. I, I really, um, I really cared about that. So, uh, yeah, to be quite honest, there wasn't an operator right now um, that that worked for our requirements in Berlin. Um, but once there is, we'd be really much open to moving back, and ideally, there would be a Poa House in Berlin that we could move into. Um, but before that happens, we're obviously going to move to um, all of the. So slash, I'm I'm gonna do that. I need to speak with my boyfriend. We haven't officially agreed on that, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna move into each power house that we open. Amazing. For okay. A minimum of three to six months um, to yeah experience it, kind of get that resident perspective. So I'm kind I of excited, to do a, like a road trip, not really a road trip, but like a yeah, a little, uh, <laughs> little life around the poor house love that exactly yeah actually i was wondering are you gonna um, is it gonna be an option to like jump from a poor house, poor house from another uh for the residents yes so this is um of course super um cool topic i think i think it kind of depends on the contract you're committed to um but generally speaking Yes. So if you, first of all, if you work in our, one of our houses, you can go in any other location and work there. Um, if you're a resident, uh, let's say in Aachen long-term and you're in Berlin, you can visit it as a stay for a discount. Cool. Okay. So it kind of works in that, that you, you might have a contract in one of the places, but then if you're just stopping by in any other city, then you can just, um, yeah, mm. go there for a lower price or maybe you move out now and you move to a new city why not yeah, mm. yeah cuz that was uh when they opened our house in Stockholm that was their like long term plan it didn't work out for many reasons but they only have this house now <laughs> but uh but the idea the dream was that we would have hubs everywhere and like be able to have this huge community and have a house everywhere that was a, that was a nice dream <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> to be to be honest that I also saw that kind of being advertised with other operators back in the day. I don't see it so much anymore. It's, I think it is really a challenge to build because, because the idea of the community is to be in real life, right. To spend time together in the building. And that, that's what makes it powerful. And of course it's the, the idea of having a global community is amazing, but at that point it's no longer like physically in the same space. So um, that becomes a bit, a bit tricky um but i think still giving people the option to easily move from building to building is still is still great mm. no but i i love the the focus that you have on like being present spending time and long time the with the people you're with that's what really creates the the magic of, of 
community and co-living and I, I couldn't agree more I'm, I'm I'm losing his name now but I think it's one of the co-founder of Outpost in Asia who were saying that we really need to be focusing more on community of proximity and not yeah. so much online and that hopefully COVID is helping understand that that the people you're stuck with <laughs> in a way right <laughs> now are your community and yeah. Um, and I, I mean, of course, I'm kidding, but I think it's, um, yeah, it's so important to to put the time, right, to 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 really be present, and 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 even if it's challenging to live with people, it's it's also those challenges that bring the best um, moments sometimes, and the the the, the biggest yeah. growth. You know? I honestly, I honestly couldn't agree more. I think um, we just need to. Um, have more opportunities to be together offline. Mm. I think about that a lot because I, I'm also quite addicted to social media. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I mean, I love social media. I'm, you know, I'm also a marketer. So I love social media also as a marketing platform. And, you know, part of the reason why I'm addicted to it is because I'm watching advertisements and I love watching advertisements. Because uh, they're like, oh, these are incredibly targeted to me. I love this product. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I become more and more conscious about how much screen time I'm spending every every day. Yeah. Um, and I think people who are younger than me and younger than us, you know, have probably spent even more time than we do. Hopefully not, but maybe they do. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's, it's cool, but it's also a bit scary, I find. So I think Definitely. just having a product where people can be together in the real world. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I love that. Totally agree. Because it just reminded me of what, what you said the, was the CEO of Outpost said? The one thing that I like took out of co-living so much, like as a resident, is also that how, how it like, connected people get in that community and <laughs> what it feels like when people start moving out. Oh gosh, yes. Um, I remember in Hong Kong, I was also one of the first residents there. And, you know, it was like the first people felt like, you know, it felt like this really strong community. I remember the first day I kind of went on every floor and I knocked on every door and I said like, hi, like, <laughs> like hi, I'm Leah. I'm here now, nice to meet you. And, <laughs> and so I, you know, I felt so connected to that kind of first people I saw. And then, you know, a few months later, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but you know how then it's like you slowly notice the turnover. It's like yeah. people moving out, no people moving in. And then like, it's of course nice to have like fresh faces. That's also nice sometimes. But then it's at some point you feel like, you're like, damn, the original crew, it's gone. Yes. <laughs> it's like leaving. <laughs> oh, like, like, Where's everyone? It's like, is it my time to leave? I don't want to leave. Should I like reconnect to these new people like I want to but I'm missing everyone else and um no I and yeah (laughs) so I think it's just that's why I also realized it's like we need to find ways to make this a more viable home for longer because if it doesn't you know if it doesn't work as a home for long term and I'm when I say long term I mean like longer than a year or two years yeah um then people get so sad and people leave and then they want to leave as well. <laughs> so that's just something that's been so important to me when, you know, when I designed our product. Oh my God, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I have the exact same experience. And when I first moved in, we had, so yeah, this group of people on my floor and 
then slowly people started to move out and we still to like three four years ago now we created this group we have this group on facebook oh, it's cool. just that this conversation that is just us but none of us live in the house anymore but we still have this like little hope <laughs> that we're attached to this group and we keep saying every like three months we're like should we all move in together somewhere it's <laughs> amazing probably never gonna happen but that that's what we try to um I don't know, we send sign to the universe, but we're in different <laughs> countries now. But um, but yeah, I wish we would have had this opportunity to stay longer, um, definitely. And I think all of us did. Uh, we just moved because we couldn't fit there anymore somehow. But um, yeah, I, uh, I think there's always I mean, I always there's always critics um, in all my co-living experience. I always also met people who are like, you know they're like okay this has been great but like now it's my time to move on like mm. um you know it's too small it's too expensive it's yeah it's too whatever mm. uh and that's um and of course i think that's totally normal um to you know to have to have maybe that feeling yourself or to you know have people in the house who are not you know as committed to the product anymore or who just want to move on i think that's totally normal but the the challenge is, I think, as an operator to is that you have these people in the house, which is, of course, 100% normal, but they are every day talking to everyone else. Mm. Right? How do you, <laughs> um, how, how do you ensure that they, um, you know, the people that like, the people who are excited about it, don't, you know, don't feel like they also have to now move out because other people are moving out. So that's that's obviously kind of an interesting. An that's interesting a, that's a super interesting topic we could dive into for <laughs> hours, honestly, because I've been thinking about sure. that for so for three years when I was living there and seeing my friends moving out, and I was still so excited and passionate about the house, and I was like, no, no, <laughs> we have to keep going. We have to do this. We can make it better. The the, the specificity with the house is that we were self-run, so we didn't have a management. And so oh. it was oh. on us to make everything happen. And so it also felt very personal when people were leaving. <laughs> oh, I bet. That would be, that's really interesting. I'd love to learn more about that. Uh, maybe we do a second episode. I mean, we just do <laughs> a private call. It doesn't have to be a podcast. <laughs> well, happy to come back anytime. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's so interesting to talk to someone who is passionate about it and so passionate that, they are building their own I mean I've talked to so many people who love it but then yeah they're doing something else professionally and so it's very very exciting I can maybe just ask you my last question that I ask everyone mm -hmm. uh, what what makes a home for you yeah okay I like <laughs> that <laughs> I would say two things firstly comfort um you know coming home after work and just feeling feeling like you're home feeling like you're in a place where you can like fully relax and feeling like it's it's yours um and it's not someone else's and it feels personal and i think in terms of like interior design and furniture um i think it really helps if something kind of like reflects your own style or you know kind of feels like a home would feel um so not you know not like this kind of not like a super branded experience or not like you know super kind of 
perfect yeah. uh kind of like a hotel where everything looks the same but just kind of something something a little bit personal it doesn't have to be perfect but just um yeah mm. feels comfy feels like yeah feels homey yeah so that's the one thing and then i think the second thing is a place that combines community and privacy um i think it's important to have both not only if you're an introvert or extrovert um but i think just in general for everyone nobody wants to be alone all the time um and nobody wants to be with other people constantly at every hour talking to people um (laughs) so i think uh if you have an opportunity to have both really have a place where you can retreat be by yourself um just kind of calm down and relax and then another place where you can fully connect with people immerse yourself in something new if you can combine those two things um in one 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 building that's really your home i think love it couldn't agree more i uh, i read once a long time ago i think it was a french actress who was doing an interview and she said that um Lon- um, what would you say? Something like loneliness is wonderful when it's chosen, and uh, <laughs> I thought that was uh, quite powerful because it's true. It's like uh, I'm I'm happy to be alone if it's something I've chosen, but if it's if it's kind of imposed as it is right now, <laughs> lockdown in London, <laughs> I do not, I do not oh, enjoy. It. Do not want to be lonely. Yeah. <laughs> For um, sure. Is there anything else that you think we should have? dived in I mean obviously it could be so much but <laughs> yeah I mean I I have so many I have so many fun co-living stories from when I when I used to live there um I you know I'm from having like the very first day I moved into co-living um in Berlin I remember we had like it was it was a Sunday night you know you have to imagine Sunday night like that's like out of all nights like that's not the day you have a party no. but there was a <laughs> there was like a huge party that day and it was my first night there I, you know, we were drinking a lot. I was like meeting everyone. It was, it was amazing. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is what co-living is like. Okay. I, you know, it feels like college all over again. And, but like in a good way, it's like, oh, I miss these days, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and at the same time, it's like, holy shit, if this is going to be every night, then I'm going to have a problem. Because <laughs> yeah, that's Sunday night. So <laughs> what is I Friday? I need to work tomorrow <laughs> and the next four days after that. Uh, of course that, that didn't happen every single night, but that was just like, Okay, cool. I like this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this I, <laughs> there's a lot we could have uh, we could talk about more, but I think um, yeah, I think we covered a lot, and I, I really like the um, yeah, I really like this format. Yeah, thank you so much for no, thank you. Me. This was really very fun. fun. That was the humans inside the pods with Morgan O'Learon. Make sure to join our mailing list so you don't miss an episode. Link in our bio.